Hey everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily. In Tennessee, a mother is caught trying to hire a hitman to kill a witness in her son's murder. A Michigan teen is convicted of killing her father with drain cleaner, and an employee of Circle K sues the company over wrongful termination involving a cigarette theft. These stories and much more coming at you today. I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. So. Fellas. Happy Thursday. Right. Happy Thursday. Thursday. You know, they don't have a, like a hump day is on Wednesdays. Yeah. I don't know what a Thursday would be. Me either. Uh, you got Taco Tuesdays. Recover yeah. from being humped? Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> Isn't it thirsty, thirsty Thursday? Yeah, yeah, it is Thirsty Thursday. That's right. It's thirsty okay. every day for Woody Everton. Uh, thir- especially on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Thursday is the worst traffic day of the week in almost every city in the United States. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Well, when you think about it, it's... So a lot of people skate early on Fridays or take three-day weekends and work from home on a Friday, whatever. And so Thursday becomes sort of the day you have to show you're serious about work and show up because you're about (laughs) to blow it off on Friday. (laughs) Right. And so, uh, yeah, so Thursdays, uh, living in L.A. on Thursday afternoons, forget it. I mean, take you two hours to go 20 miles. Living in L.A. on Thursday afternoons for me, L.A. being Louisiana, I'm usually taking the back roads to to get to the country place. You do take take the back roads. The back roads. Back roads. Well, let's get into some crime, guys. Crime time. Let's do it. A 27-year-old. I feel like I got to (laughs) sneeze. Okay, sorry. We don't boom sneezes. <laughs> a 27-year-old woman who served time in prison abroad pled guilty in federal court Friday to conspiring to kill her mother while on vacation nice. several years ago. Heather Mack entered a plea for conspiracy to kill a U.S. national and faces up to 28 years in prison. Mm. In connection with the uh, murder of her mother, Sheila Von Weiss, In October of 2014, y'all, way back then, Mac and Von Weiss traveled to Bali together for vacation. Mac used her mother's credit card to pay for her boyfriend, Tommy Schaefer, to fly to Indonesia to help her kill Von Weiss. On August 12th of 2014, Schaefer went into Von Weiss's hotel room, beat her to death in front of Mac. Then they stuffed her body in a suitcase and left it in a taxi cab. True freaking story. Mac and Schaefer went to trial in Indonesia, and they were convicted of charges related to Von Weiss' death. Mac was sentenced to 10 years in prison. She served seven. Schaefer, however, is still incarcerated while serving an 18-year sentence. Special K president. Yeah. That that uh, that wasn't Indonesia, though, was it? I thought it was. I don't know. Um, My bad guy. Uh, in November of 2021, Mac returned to the United States and was subsequently arrested on charges of conspiracy to kill in a foreign country, conspiracy to commit foreign murder on a, of a U.S. national, and obstruction. She could have faced life in prison for the first two charges if she went to trial and was convicted. Schaefer faces the same charges out of the Northern District of Illinois and will be sentenced in December that is insane. And then what I didn't realize, so she served this sentence already in in another country. Had she not come here, come to the United She'd be States. Out of she, yeah. And and so I didn't even realize you 
you know, the, did the, she? I don't think she did. Did she? Probably not. Yeah. I don't think she would have come here because I think they got her right when she got off the plane. Yeah, yeah they they're they, waiting. Well, on her. they might have actually had um, put a, a detainer on her, right? If they were going to charge, or the feds are going to charge, they're not going to just let her walk out of the valley prison. I'm sure U.S. Marshals escorted her back, but I'm not. Yeah. They, oh no! They what I, I I read the story too. It seemed like she, she was, flew flew here. Yeah, she like, was, oh, you know what? Delta. Well, it no, may involve the, it may involve the girl. It may involve because I don't know where yeah, the, the boy, little girl the, was at that point. Yeah, the, well, the guy is still in prison. And, and, he he's right, but the daughter that she had in prison, she oh, had a I baby see. while she was in prison. Yeah, and uh, so the baby might have been in the U.S. at yeah, that point because there were custody battles over. Who was gonna? Uh, who's gonna have the baby? Wow. Um, she also, uh, you know, claimed that this was not a planned thing. That he killed her. That she, uh, you know, that she was not uh, intending to uh, to kill her. Actually, the the story is, for whatever reason, somewhat sympathetic toward her for uh, for whatever oh, wow. reason. So. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was a nice suitcase. Okay, maybe kill a killer. I guess they thought they were going to get prosecuted. Pretty major, right? Pretty major national story right now as well. So. Yeah. Well, you know, this past weekend being Father's Day, and I was blessed. I'm still blessed enough to have my father with me, and I got to bring him up to Mississippi to her favorite place to eat and all that. And, you know, he and I have had our disagreements over the years, as all fathers and sons do, but this – one, I never had this kind of disagreement. So a Michigan teenager was convicted last Thursday of throwing drain cleaner on her father as he napped after he broke a promise to take her to a hair salon for her 18th birthday. Jesus. There you go. So, and I know I'm going to have Mike jump on me on this name, but here he goes. <laughs> Megan Joyce, M.O. Wicks. 19 was found, I'm going to call her henceforth Megan Joyce I. Uh, uh, 19 <laughs> years old, was found guilty of unlawful use of irritants, causing death of the 64-year-old Conrad I in of misdemeanor domestic violence. Conrad I. Her father, who struggled with alcoholism, was too drunk to drive her to the appointment. The enraged teenager threw lye powder and water on him as he slept on, on on their sofa. The defendant, who broke into tears upon hearing the verdict, faces up to life in prison and will be sentenced on July 25th. The four-day trial included harrowing testimony from the defendant's brother, Austin I, and her mother, Joyce Conrad. Now, Joyce Conrad had a different name. but uh, <laughs> Why couldn't they all the, be comrades? Right? The son said his father, who was hospitalized for months in intensive care, underwent numerous skin grafts and endured infections that led to the amputation of both his legs. It's been some serious. In March of 2022, he left. Well, you, when lies is activated water, is like acid. Dang. And, uh, in March of 2022, he left the hospital determined to die at home. And three days later, he took his last breath. The son had also testified about the night his father was rushed to the hospital. He said that not long after his father was admitted, his sister called him demanding the PIN number to their dad's ATM card. <laughs> now he's in the hospital. She wanted to pay for 
with a hotel room where she and her friends were celebrating her 18th birthday that night. She did not ask about her dad's condition. Enraged, Austin and I said he hung up on her, and he said, I was angry to, to show no care at all, to dismiss something so serious, he recalled on the stand. In an interview with police, Meg and I claimed that she had thrown a bag of bread at her father and possibly water, which were near some cleaning supplies. Yeah, right. And the I just horrible story, horrible way to go. I, I don't know what's it's crazy. This yeah. teen was there a picture Woody with that? that no, I, I saw I saw one. Um, she's she's pretty scary looking, but um, young young girl. Though. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. and where wouldn't he take it? it? Was to get a haircut? To get a hair done for her eighteenth birthday. Wow. Dude sleeping on a couch, and don't you don't ever want. I don't know how they had raw lye in the house. I mean, I get it for cleaning or whatever, but there's a you put that with water, it's a bad business. Yeah, yeah and it's like that's torture. Uh, that's no, not even horrible. like can't even stop it. You know, at least with a, a bullet, you, right. it's quick. And, and if I'm not mistaken, it's like a white phosphorus. It will continue to burn and eat until it's covered. So they have to cover like a paste material just to get to stop the air from interacting with it. But it lost both of his legs and ended up dying. Basically, she killed him that entire period of time. Jeez. Losing legs right. and he still ended up dying. Over the, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they didn't have a great relationship prior to that day. Well, uh, I hope she had a hell of a 18th birthday because her 19th will be spent in prison. Disgusting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's go to Colorado. I haven't been to Colorado in a while. Many times. Oh, by the way, I think that prison was in Bangkok. It was Thailand. It was Thailand. I get them confused. We should both places. We should send that girl from your last story uh, on a special trip to that prison in Thailand. Thailand. Uh, Not many rules in Thailand. A Colorado, uh, a lot like Thailand. Colorado Circle K employee is suing the company after she was fired for putting her hands on an armed thief that snatched a pack of cigarettes from behind the counter. Now, listen to this story. I think we're going to get into a uh, uh, a healthy debate here over this. No debate. Maybe, maybe uh, not. No debate. Mary Ann Moreno, who was 75 years old, Claims in her lawsuit against Circle K stores. 75. 75. Yeah. That she was wrongfully terminated from the Westminster store that she had worked at for 18 years. They terminated him on a pair of retirement. 18 years for her brief interaction with this criminal. First of all, anyone who works in a Circle K yeah. for 18 years, yeah. I mean, deserves, deserves a fucking more. statue. I agree. Uh, instead, and I agree instead with that. she gets a pink and it, slip. And at 75 years old? Holy shit. Quote, I really did not think I would get fired for something like that. Maybe if I had chased him out of the store, you know, or argued with him or tried to fight him, she said. On October 4th of 2020, Moreno was behind the counter when Tyler Wimmer walked into the C-store brandishing a knife. It's not clear in the surveillance footage whether or not he ever threatened Moreno with the knife, but Wilmer did ask if she would give him a pack of cigarettes for free. Moreno declined, telling him she would get fired if she did. Wilmer then started to walk toward the door, but suddenly turned around 
and walked right past Moreno to the uh, uh, the display with all the cigarettes, grabbed a pack of cigarettes from uh, from that display. This is all captured on the in-store video. And then he just turns around and goes to walk by Moreno. As he's walking by Moreno, she grabs his arm briefly, nope. attempting to stop him, but then backs off, which she can and backs off immediately, as you can see in the footage. Quote, I like freaked out, you know, and I just went like that, she said, motioning like she's pushing Wilmer away from her. Well, supposedly, I guess I grabbed his arm. I don't remember that, but I push him and that's when he ran out. Wilmer can be seen on camera walking around the outside of the store after he left. Moreno said she immediately called her manager and called 911. Another customer who was in the store at the time, a guy by the name of Larry Wagner, had already called the police after seeing Wilmer uh, with the knife. He suspected that Wilmer may, uh, may have been on drugs based upon his demeanor. Yeah, you think? Quote, he was scary. I wish I would have stayed in the store for Mary's sake, but I didn't. I was like, I need to go call 911, Wagner said. Moreno never received a termination letter from Circle K, but she was told after the incident that she had been fired for violating the company's, quote, don't chase or confront policy regarding shoplifters and robbers. The sudden firing left Moreno incredulous. Moreno's attorney, Iris Halpern is her name, said the footage clearly shows that Moreno actually acted naturally in self-defense. Halpern said that firing Moreno for an interaction in which she made no real effort to stop or chase Wimmer is wrong. Companies have not sufficiently thought through the nuance in these situations, and any normal person is going to respond by pushing an attacker away from them, Halpern said. Wagner, who was shocked to learn that Moreno had been fired, said the company made the, quote, wrong decision. I think they need to reevaluate their policy if you care about your employees, he said. Two weeks ago, we had to uh, we had to edit out some of a segment on the show where we were discussing a case that involved Lululemon clerks who had chased after a thief and were then terminated Let's see if we get through this discussion on this one. What do you believe? I think absolutely on this one. That was just a natural reaction, and she didn't chase him out of the store. I mean, the okay, so the cigarettes are behind the counter. So he had to literally come into her space, grab the stuff, and I'm sure she, uh, like she said, you know, or they said on the video, she grabbed him for a second, and she let go. I mean, she freaked out fight, flight, or freeze reaction, yeah. whatever. It's not like she chased him down the street over a pack of cigarettes uh, or anything like that. I I believe they are totally wrong for fire. They have, the policy is there for a reason, but that's bullshit. I would agree that with Woody, actually, on that. Um, however, I will throw in the caveat that, um, uh, you know, just playing devil's advocate, if it were a situation where she did – attempt to chase him in any way or stop him in any way, and they had a policy, written policy at that in place, which likely they get all of their employees upon being hired right. to sign, right. um, she wouldn't have a leg to stand on as yeah. far as a wrongful termination. However, in this case, I haven't seen the video, so it could be uh, just a natural reaction that she had. Yeah. In that case, I do not feel it's like not, she deserved to be fired. It's not like she tried to tackle him, right? Right. Well, and this is a it's, – it's a – a very different scenario on a on a lot of levels. Uh, I think we're all in agreement here that, and especially somebody who's, I mean, you give eighteen years of your life to uh, Circle K. I mean, give me uh, uh, give me a break. 
but this was also a uh, a store that uh, wasn't in a uh, a position where it was constantly being robbed over and over again, and no one was doing anything to support the employees, like hire a security guard or something like that. Which I think, if we all revisited the Lululemon's uh, situation, there was a uh, a solution right in front of the company's eyes that the company should have gone for, which was to put full time security into that location that had been robbed 12 times. And uh, and, uh, that would have prevented those employees from putting themselves in danger and chasing after uh, uh, that guy. And uh, uh, that would have been a much better solution. But in this particular case, when you look at the video, she she makes an instinctive move toward him, but doesn't really uh, do much of anything. She didn't follow up after it. She's there for 18 years, Circle K. and uh, I hope she gets a big fat check. Yeah, I hope she does. Yeah. And Carla, or I hope you have. I, ho- I hope you've anyway. sold your uh, ownership of Circle K, and somebody else would be paying that bill. Crazy. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. Let's go to... um. Mike's second home in Tennessee. Tennessee. Vanderbilt graduate, Nashville. I did live there for a little while. Yes, you did. Aga was born there. The Aga. The Aga was born. The Aga was born in high school. Oh, was it? It was was before college. I'll be darned. High school all the way through college. Well, a 42-year-old woman is in custody after she allegedly tried to hire someone to kill a person who witnessed her 17-year-old son slaying. Mm. Yep, I had to read that three times, too. Right. And she didn't use rentahitman.com? No, I'm no. Say that. but no. the fact that she wanted to hire someone to kill a person who was a witness to her 17-year-old son slang was what right. got me. Right. So on June 12th and 13th, investigators spoke with an informant who told officials that Ashley Brown tried to hire them to kill a witness in the November 22 murder of her son, Gavin Brown. Uh On Friday, November 4th of 2022, Sheriff's Office investigators found Gavin Brown deceased uh, on a road in Bluntville, Tennessee. You familiar with Bluntville, Mike? No. 
Okay, me neither. I hadn't heard of that, and I've been all over Tennessee. But Corey Barnett and Mason Dubois, 21, were charged in connection with the case, and they were booked into jail. Barnett was charged with first-degree murder and aggravated robbery, while Dubois was charged with especially aggravated robbery. I didn't even know that was a charge. Right. That's. It, like I, are I, you I, familiar with I that? I think that's no. just an adjective. It's like I strenuously object. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Object, right. <laughs> an accessory after the fact, the victim's mother, Ashley Brown, allegedly met with the informant who posed as a hitman and instructed them to kill the witness and stage it as a suicide. Brown reportedly said she did not want to be tied to the murder, nor did she want to go to jail. The informant told officials Brown had the witness work schedule, workplace, and car information. Brown said she would have to leave town if she killed the witness herself. Brown was worried that she would seem guilty and assured the informant that since they had no ties to her son's murder, they would have nothing to worry about. So the sheriff's office arrested Brown on a charge of soliciting first-degree murder, and she was booked into the Sullivan County Jail with a half a million dollar bond. Yeah, so photograph, yeah, and you know it's strange it's strange story, very yeah. strange story, and it seems like we're covering a lot these days of these people trying to hire Somebody. hitmen. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it's on hitman.com or whether it's in person. I mean, we've covered a lot of these where they're meeting with hitmen or supposed hitmen. That's crazy. Somebody needs to open a more respectable hitman business. I'm telling you. You know, if they were. uh, By the way, Blountville is near uh, Johnson City. So it's. I know where Johnson City is. Smoky Mountain Appalachians sort of coming together there. Hmm. Interesting. Another uh, thing we seem to be covering or we've talked about. And numerous stories about people dying from these, uh, what do you want to call it? cosmetic surgeries, right? But check this one out. A Colorado plastic surgeon was found guilty Wednesday of attempted reckless manslaughter in connection with the death of his teenage patient. Je- Jeffrey Kim was also found guilty of obstruction of telephone service for failing to call 911 for five hours after 18-year-old Emmeline Nguyen, uh, Nguyen, right? N-G, I know it's Nguyen. It's Nguyen. Nguyen. It's actually okay. said Nguyen. So Emmeline Nguyen went into cardiac arrest. He was acquitted of the more serious charge of negligent homicide. The verdict is vindication for the family, Nguyen family attorney David Woodruff said. It is finally justice. He had the opportunity to get her emergency medical help, and he stopped his entire staff from doing that. So I think it is a reminder to the medical community they are not above the law. She was a wonderful girl and had her whole life ahead of her, and to die so senselessly like this has been a real tragedy. Nguyen, then 18, was receiving anesthesia before breast augmentation surgery at Colorado Aesthetic and Plastic Surgery when she fell into a coma. She never regained consciousness and died in the hospital in October 2020 at the age of 19. According to prosecutors, several medical staffers, including two nurses, asked permission to call 911, but Kim, the doctor, refused. Rex Meeker, a nurse anesthesiast who administered the anesthesia, testified in court that Dr. Kim, uh, that he told Dr. Kim, we should send her to the hospital. It's standard operating procedure. Meeker was originally charged in connection with her death, but prosecutors dropped the charges. 
Dr. Kim's defense attorneys argued that Meeker was to blame and that it was the anesthesia he gave her that killed her. Meeker did end up surrendering his license but was not charged with the crime. So we understand that medical procedures don't always go as planned, but this defendant showed a shocking and extreme lack of judgment and humanity by failing to call for an ambulance and denying his patient appropriate treatment in a hospital setting. That's what the chief district attorney said. Patients put their trust in doctors, and the outcome might have been different had the defendant sought appropriate medical care. The defendant made decisions based on what was best for his business and not his patient. Um, and they settled a lawsuit. Both Dr. Kim and the anesthesiologist Meeker settled a wrongful death suit with Nguyen's family. Um, both of them paid a million dollars each. And Dr. Kim is facing three years in prison. Wow. How stupid is that? What did he think was going to happen? I don't understand. I mean, like, he, didn't, he was embarrassed, I guess, because his patient had cardiac arrest. And, I mean, why wouldn't you call? Well, but uh, right. So your staff is there with you. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they, they think she was just going to come out of it? I'm sure I they mean, were working on her and, and they were like, no, let's, get, hey, let's yeah. call 911, right? You, we are titty doctors. We're not heart doctors. <laughs> Right, <laughs> seriously, it's not it's officially different. a titty doctor. Well, I mean, <laughs> but whatever it is. But, but the sad thing is, a girl that died. would actually be a great thing on a diploma. The, the, but doctor the sad thing titties. is, the girl died. Official and, doctor and just, of titties. They may have not been able to save her, but e, the ER is better equipped for somebody in cardiac arrest. No, you're right. They were they were scrambling doctor. to try and and yeah. uh, save her themselves because he's worried about. Lawsuits Same and his thing. license and everything yeah. else. Well, and his and, business. I yeah, mean, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, I'm not. You don't want that reputation. Now he's yeah. got to go to Mexico and do them because he can't do them in, in uh, Colorado, Colorado anymore. Right. right? Another Colorado story. So yeah, well, crazy. all of a sudden, a lot of Colorado today. Well, and if you think about it, the in the medical field, I mean, reputation is everything, everything. with doctors. Right. Everything. You guys are gonna like this one. We go back. To where I was born, back to my my hometown, or very close to it. A self-subscribed, quote, lottery lawyer who stole $107 million in prize money from jackpot winners and used the loot on luxury vacations, yachts, and a Porsche was just sentenced to 13 years in prison for the scheme. 13 years for $107 million. The scheme is great, though. Listen to this. That's Jason, a good trade, Jason Curland, age 49, was convicted by a jury of tricking lucky lottery winning clients into handing over their money for investments, but mm-hmm. instead putting the cash into risky businesses he secretly co-owned and into shady investments pushed by reputed Genovese crime family soldier mm-hmm. Christopher Chircicho. Mm. They were lucky winners, but when they met Mr. Curlin, they ended up losers, Brooklyn Federal Judge Nicholas Garofis said before handing down the hefty sentence. Garofis said Curlin's goal was to, quote, cash in on the success of his clients. Curlin, who was a partner at a Long Island law firm earning roughly half a million dollars a year, targeted jackpot winning clients starting in 2018. Among his victims was a $1.5 billion Mega Millions winner, a $245 million Powerball winner, and a $150 million jackpot winner. 
These newly wealthy clients paid Curlin hundreds of thousands of dollars to advise them on how to invest their earnings safely. Mm. Mr. Curlin had direct access to the money, and like a burglar, he used the access he had to pocket the money for himself and his business partners, according to the judge. The Dix Hills lawyer, my cousin lives in Dix Hills, and I grew up about 10 minutes from there. Uh, the Dix Hills lawyer received kickbacks for steering the money into businesses he co-owned with Francis Smookler, obviously not a made man, and a guy by the name of Francesco Russo, all while hiding from his clients his links to those businesses. The abuse of trust would be unfathomable in any profession, but it's grotesque and unfathomable for a lawyer, Garofis said. Curlin was convicted last year of stealing $107 million from lottery-winning clients. A remorseful Curlin broke down in tears when reading a statement to the judge saying he was, quote, ashamed and embarrassed. Curlin, Smookler, and Russo invested winners' money in high-risk deals that turned out to be a Ponzi scheme, losing $40 million in just over a year. In April of 2020, they turned to Chirchicchio, 54, who promised to help them win all the money back with investments into personal protective equipment pandemic deals. So they lost a ton. Then they turned to my Italian friend after they had lost all that hey, money hey, hey, looking for bet, $40 million. You better stop uh, throwing out who's made and not made because I know they listen to Real Life Real Crime daily, and then they you don't have to use runahitman.com. No, I, they, I'm not saying whether they are made or not. I'm saying that they could be made. If you are, if you are not Italian, you cannot be made. I understand that, but you're calling them out, and that's unnecessary. That's right. They might put a hit on you. You're going up there soon. Okay. My apologies. Uh, I will, <laughs> I can, because I love you, man. I don't want to see you. I, I will take this like up man. with the proper uh, authorities. Um, Send Billy Amy with him. <laughs> okay. So the, um, <laughs> you guys threw me off a little bit. Uh, but barely any of those funds actually went toward PPE deals. And instead, Chirchicchio and the trio skimmed millions off the top, prosecutors argued. Curlin then stole $19.5 million from one client's account for the Chirchicchio deal. The defendants used the pilfered money to live large, taking expensive vacations, jaunts on private jets, buying two yachts and a Porsche. One of the winners invested $5 million, not knowing that Curlin was a co-owner of the business. So he invested $5 million in a business that Curlin was actually the co-owner of. And the plotting lawyer convinced another client to purchase a business completely purchase a business for $2 million, not knowing it was actually owned by Curlin. In total, Curlin, Smooker, and Russo defrauded the winners out of roughly $107 million. The three of them all took guilty pleas in the case. Chirchicchio was sentenced to five years behind bars on Wednesday, and Russo and Smooker are awaiting their sentencing. Um, wow. It's amazing that that uh, somebody who's just won $1.5 a billion dollars that uh, you know they're not a they're little more careful with who they yeah. hire, but this guy was obviously uh, smart in targeting those people, they, they finding a, a way to get to them. About and, people that win the uh, lotteries and that, that that are broke, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, how lottery ruined my life and stuff like that. Well, this guy was running a, a mini Murdoch scheme. I was, I was Actually, he was that. he was yeah, getting was a lot more that. from uh, uh, from his his marks though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's, no it's a lot more efficient. It took Murdoch uh, a decade to steal that much money. No doubt. Well, we've got an update for you. Um, 
last week we brought you the story of a Louisiana 28-year-old that enrolled in high school, Hanville mm-hmm. High School, this. and she's right outside thing. New Orleans. She graduated? No. Oh, that's not the uh, update. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. But uh, the authorities in St. Charles Parish say the 28-year-old that was accused of using fake documents to enroll at that high school was not trying to hurt any kids. Sheriff Greg Champagne held a press conference Wednesday afternoon saying he wanted to ease parents' minds. The young lady caused no problems. She did nothing inappropriate with the other students, kept to herself, went home, didn't engage in any other criminal or inappropriate behavior. Uh, The 46-year-old Martha Alvarado and her 28-year-old daughter Martha Serrano were booked with one count each of injuring public records. The two created a fake passport and birth certificate from Honduras so that Seriano could get a good education and better learn her English. That's what I've said the other day. The mother was in the country on an expired visa, and the daughter had documentation of being processed by the federal government coming into the U.S. in late fall of 2021. Officials were unable to comment on their most current immigration status, so St. Charles Parish Public Schools plan to audit all enrollment records of current students and evaluate from there. Officials have not gone into detail about the 28-year-old student's involvement in any clubs, athletics, or extra stuff. Both women were held on $30,000 bonds for their alleged crimes, and the sheriff said they made bond within a few hours of booking and were released from custody. So essentially what they're saying is she was just trying to learn English. Hey, and, and like I said the other day, that's what was happening. But it has been much cheaper for her Absolutely. to go to our sponsor, Rosetta Stone, and get 40% off <laughs> by using the code R-L-R-C. I don't know if there is a code. I think it's just today. Yeah, Yeah, it's slash today. Today is the code. Um, Maybe we can reach out to uh, our friends at Rosetta Stone and and help this lady out. I mean, a 28-year-old, I mean. What do do y'all think of that, though? I want to get y'all's opinion on. I think that she was getting a good education for free. Was 28 years old. She she, in the country legally? She was on a visa. A work, like a work. The mom's visa was expired, but mom's the, visa. I mean, I think it's human nature, and she's she gonna figure she can get away with it. She's getting an education, she's gonna learn to speak a habla English and get a good job. That's it's the kind of thing you, you can't endorse, but you can be simp- I mean, yeah. but sympathetic, sympathetic to what she still right, should she was be used to. Okay, yeah. Well, this, well, that's the update on that. Yeah, I, I figured that was gonna come out. Uh, um, they didn't say anything about her enjoying the the meals and. We talked about that, but whatever. Next story. Oh, this is messed up. Law enforcement officials believe they located the remains of a four-year-old girl who was reported missing this week, even though she had most likely been dead for several weeks. Sequoia Samuels was reported missing on Thursday, June the 15th. The four-year-old girl had a known medical condition, and she was last seen in the city's uptown neighborhood. Several law enforcement agencies assisted in the relentless search for Sequoia. On Thursday night, police found a body in close proximity to the apartment where Sequoia lived with her family. Mm. The body, however, had not been positively identified yet. 
Then on Friday, June 16th, officials announced they ended the search for Sequoia as investigators believe she is deceased. Memphis police arrested Sequoia's mother, Brittany Jackson, on charges of aggravated child neglect, abuse of a corpse, and false offense report. Jackson's boyfriend, Jalen Hobson, was arrested for false offense report. Jackson told police she last saw Sequoia on Wednesday evening when she put her to bed. Jackson reported said she fell asleep on the couch, then woke up to messages from family members saying her front door was open. When she checked with Sequoia, the girl was gone. Jackson later changed her story and said her boyfriend, Hobson, physically attacked Sequoia several times a few weeks prior. Sequoia became unresponsive following the attack, and she later died. Jackson maintained the corpse for several weeks, then dumped her body in a garbage container. Hobson denied involvement in the girl's death and allegedly claimed he last saw her on June 11th. Detectives, however, said that it was impossible due to the advanced state of decomposition of the human remains believed to be Samuel's. So basically, they kept that baby, dead body, hidden, the four-year-old, for weeks. And then just threw it in the trash. Oh, everybody's looking for it. And another story out of Tennessee, Memphis, this time. Four-year-old, however she died, they need to go to murder by you. And I remember uh, seeing, like, you know, a news flash across the screen when she was missing. Right. And they were looking for her. And and, uh, sad news to hear that. You got to work the case, and it ends up coming back on now. Horrible. Crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Okay, we're uh, we're going to a place that uh, that I'm all too familiar with. Central Pennsylvania State College, Pennsylvania, as a matter of fact, the home of the Nittany Lions of Penn State, where a prominent professor is facing criminal charges after he was allegedly caught on camera having sex with his dog in a go. public forest nice in the public forest on tuesday 64 year old so we gotta stop warning listeners this is gonna be a dog an animal abuse story uh, uh, one listener messaged in and said will you please i can handle anything like your wife earmuffs anything earmuffs. but the, the animal abuse stories like they can handle all the baby murders and everything I else know, but a dog yeah, story comes up oh my lord or a cat story so this warning is about to be real go ahead on Tuesday, 64-year-old Temis Matsukis was arraigned on charges of sexual intercourse with an animal, animal cruelty, open lewdness, and indecent exposure. The investigation began two months ago when the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources installed a trail camera at Rothrock State Forest because someone had been stealing from a public restroom. Rangers reviewing that footage were not prepared for what they were about to see. The images allegedly show Matsukis wearing nothing but a ski mask, boots, socks, a watch, and a backpack. He is seen masturbating near a woman's restroom before engaging in a sexual act with a dog, according to police. Investigators obtained footage from other trail cameras dating back as far as 2014 that allegedly show someone matching Matsuka's uh, appearance walking through the woods naked. 
In May, rangers were able to link Matsukis's vehicle to the public recreation area and obtained his license plate leading to his identity. Police searched Matsukis' home and found a backpack matching the one photographed by the trail camera, in addition to a ski mask matching the one photographed. An iPad was also found that allegedly contained explicit videos from the trail. Matsukis' dog, a collie, was found at his home and was consistent with the kind of dog seen in the trail camera footage. When investigators confronted Matsukis, he allegedly pleaded with them to kill him. Quote, I'm done. I'm dead. You don't understand. I do it to blow off steam, Matsukis allegedly told the Rangers. The chemical engineering professor has taught at Penn State since 1991. Wow. 32 years. He is now on leave and has been relieved of his duties. He's expected back in court on July 19th for a preliminary hearing. I assume somebody's got custody of that collie. I'm sure somebody's got custody of that collie, and uh, I know a jail cell that needs to be occupied by an actual creep that right. uh, that he could take. And, and uh, You better and, believe if I'm booking this asshole in and I'm filling out his charge sheet, and uh, I mean, I know the facts of the case, when I'm – I'm going to tell the jailers, and when he's being escorted down the hall to be put in the holding cell, they're going to tell everybody, yep. this dude's in for screwing his dog. It's How many times do you hear about people? This guy was taught there for 32 years. Yeah. I mean, at he's some in point in line, along the line, you have to figure out that the guy's a whack. I, I don't understand how these people survive, but... Folks, if you're in love with your dog, but in a much more normal way than this freaking creep was, um, Matsukis, uh, there will come a day, unfortunately, mine was recently, uh, where your pet's life will end. And when it does, our friends Roy, Kristen, and Kristen at Louisiana Pet Crematory in Broussard will be there to help you. They're located in Broussard, just outside of Lafayette, under a big American flag. That's right, and it's the only place in Louisiana that can facilitate an autopsy. They can embalm, cremate, and even cremate your pet all under one roof. Well, there's only one privately owned facility that offers autopsy services in the state, and that is Parish Forensics, and they've been serving Louisiana since 2007. Louisiana Funeral Services and Crematory, a full-service funeral home with two on-site crematories, serving families with aftercare needs and fellow funeral homes with third-party embalming and cremation needs since 2015. Louisiana Pet Crematory is locally owned and operated by funeral home professionals. They provide families and veterinarians alike with dignified private and communal cremation services. With extensive urn and keepsake selection, Louisiana Pet Crematory has been serving South Louisiana with creative pet memorial merchandise since 2019. And if you are a resident of Louisiana, call them today to speak to someone about their services at 1-800-CREMATE or it's 1-800-273-6283 or 1-800-FUNERAL or 1-800-386-3725. Or you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram for the latest memorial products, offerings, and more. That's Parish Forensics, Louisiana Funeral Home and Crematory and Louisiana Pet Crematory of Broussard, Louisiana. And their tagline, y'all... 
rest easy. Rest easy. Good and uh, in January, I lost my dog Deuce after 15 years and had him cremated and and got uh, um, got the ashes but, back but, in an urn and soon found out from uh, Roy and Kristen that I could have done it for about I'm half gonna, I'm going to say this from, real quick because I get days. I get requests all the time from people about their loved ones are deceased and the coroner never ordered autopsies, et cetera. This is the only place in the state of Louisiana that does private autopsies. So if you're concerned about your loved ones passing and you're not happy with um, your local law enforcement or your local uh, um, corner process, the corner and all that, and law enforcement would be involved on saying no, you can go to Parish Forensics and get a private autopsy. So... All right. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. It's a mile high crown. Mile high. Look, y'all, we got a good one today. The Justice Department has charged two United Airlines baggage handlers uh, that they say participated in a year-long scheme, years-long scheme to sell marijuana stolen out of people's bags that's right ramp cargo agents joel dunn and adrian webb were charged with conspiracy to distribute a controlled substance for their part in a scheme that dates back to at least 2020 at no surprise here san francisco international airport dunn and webb made as much as ten thousand dollars a week selling marijuana they stole from departing passengers check luggage with the help of at least three other workers. A source close to the scheme told law enforcement they were paid $2,000 each shift to help steal cannabis from travelers' bags and load it into a 15- to 20-gallon black trash bags about twice each week. Dunn was the leader of the operation, and Webb was his right-hand man who gave directions when Dunn was not around. The amount of the weed was more consistent with distribution than personal use, obviously. Federal agents began investigating the pair after they were robbed at gunpoint in the airport's parking lot. And video surveillance footage from the day of the crime showed the pair moving black trash bags consistent with the marijuana theft scheme out of the airport to help other employees with the help of other employees. Officials then intercepted two individuals performing a similar act with large plastic bags and boxes at the airport. The pair who were often seen with Dunn and Webb, were found to be carrying 30 pounds of oh, marijuana. God, a lot of money. Yeah, but, so if you have marijuana you're traveling with, you may yeah. not want to travel now, through San Francisco it, Airport, think this at least is, during it, that time. It's rare, but it's not. Uh, um, we used to arrest the UPS or FedEx drivers that they were in on the scheme, somebody mm-hmm. would pay them X amount of dollars to set their packages at whatever location, but they were in on, but this happens to be mile high. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because, uh, it's actually legal there, you know, yeah, yeah, marijuana. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it'd be like reading through your bags and finding, you know, snicker bars. Yeah, it's, and stealing it's legal bags. there, but not. So that's your mile high. You can now take mile high. And move freely around the cabin. All right. That voice. Uh oh. Sounds like it's time to get kinky. Yep. It's time for kinky chatter. 
cheddar, mozzarella. What do we got? It's kinky crimes for Thursday. This one, mm, it's pretty, pretty kinky, right? So I guess people are going to do what they do. But deputies arrested a woman for allegedly exposing herself in public at a county jail in Punta Gorda, Florida. The Charlotte's County Sheriff's Office said Danielle Ferrero, 38, was at the jail's visitation center for a video call with an inmate Mm. with whom she spoke in a sexual manner for about an hour. However, the sheriff's office said Farrow began touching herself Uh inappropriately at the visitation building and lifted (laughs) her shirt three separate times to show her chest to the inmate. Let him free. Right? (laughs) You know what's going on there. Let me see what you got going on. Farrow was arrested on charges of exposure of sexual organs within a public place in violation of probation or community control. So she's already on paper. And she was arrested and locked up in the same jail, y'all, in Charlotte County, where the inmate she was visiting was located at. No, I'm sure that happens, uh, it happens. more often uh, than people uh, think. Uh, but, uh, I mean, really, all she did was flash. It's a conjugal well, visit. The, the everything is recorded on those lines. Now the right. video lines, somebody was sitting there and watching. It was like, Oh, she, but you notice they didn't run out and stop her the first three times she did it. Yeah. They were watching until she concluded in a restaurant. I now. mean, put her in jail. It's a little in-person it. phone sex. She could have done that with a, uh, you know, with her uh, iPhone from home. With dude in jail didn't deserve to have phone sex. Well, that's, that was pretty, is there a picture of her? Oh, yeah, there is actually. So we'll put a, we'll put a Oh, there is. Her yeah. We'll put media. a picture of her on social media. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. y'all can, See and follow along. Absolutely. And catch your kinky. Pretty kinky. A little kinky blonde, it looks like. I say bring back the Swiss cheese. Watching blonde. Swiss cheese is fire. It must be banjo time. Uh Uh-oh. There it is. Banjos. We got banjos in Oklahoma today, where a man is charged with stealing a truck and holding a passenger and a goat hostage. Mm. Passenger and, and a goat. goat. There you go. Yeah. The goat was probably the more valuable of the hostages, I think. But <laughs> right. this Oklahoma man was arrested after police say he stole a truck outside of an adult video store. Huh. He just happened to pick that location, I suppose. Sure. That contained a sleeping man and a goat. Mm. Wonder yeah. about have to wonder about a goat that's hanging around that's in the parking lot of a sex adult store. video store, yeah. but I digress. <laughs> They then went on a 130-mile road trip through three states. Brandon Kirby, age 40, was arrested on Tuesday after this strange ordeal. According to police, the two men parked a truck outside of an adult video store in Carthage, Missouri, early that morning. One of the men fell asleep in the passenger seat while the other went inside the store. (laughs) First of all, two men early in the morning are parked outside of the adult video store. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that one guy just they're had waiting to, on each other. Just, to go they in. were on their way to the yeah. Waffle House right. and one guy had to pick up a little something beforehand. Right. Okay. <laughs> so when the second man awoke, he said that Kirby was driving the truck and he had a gun pointed at his head. During the trip to Oklahoma, which went through Kansas, Kirby allegedly used methamphetamine. Oh. He threatened his unwilling passenger and he pistol whipped him. The journey ended in Creek County, Oklahoma, after the man and his goat were released and called 911 to report the carjacking. 
The police caught up with Kirby shortly thereafter. Don't know why you released the man and the goat. Um, Kirby was charged with kidnapping, pointing a firearm, and being a felon in possession of a firearm. No word yet on if kidnapping a goat or crossing state lines with that goat will uh, bring additional charges. It's got to uh, be, be a charge in there somewhere. It's the, got to be a crime. The the release of them with that. I, I mean, the guy's an idiot. Okay. Uh, Definitely just, a banjo or the idiot. Banjos. Banjo time. That's a dumb mm, criminal. big dummy. Yeah. So, look, we got a surprise for y'all. Got a surprise. Tell me. You, not Mike, another game. Michael will not be on the show for the next couple of episodes. That's right. He's, He's going to have a special surprise. He's going in the field to do some RRC daily special <laughs> investigations. I got to go serve some time. Right. He's going to go serve some time. He's yes, yeah, right. So we're going to have uh, everybody's favorite uh, fill-in, I guess you could say, yep. Kelly Jennings. Yep. Of Unspeakable True Crime Podcast KJ. by Kelly Jennings. Don't steal my yob. Kelly. And yeah, uh, <laughs> we were always, she was going to make her the former woo. international reporter, the dumb criminal. That's it. That's it. KJ, oh, yeah. she's, uh, she's fan gonna, favorite. She's not going to want to put on any roles or anything like that. So we you know, That's right. That. That's right. So she'll be here. Uh, so look for that. But we're going to try to call for you Friday and Monday. Yeah. All right. That's right. We're going to call you on the air. Both days. Yeah. Okay. Both days. I'll have my Swiss cheese with me. Yes. So I'll yes. give a report. Oh, I'm Lord a, have I'm mercy. I'm call your wife. That's bad. Yeah. That's anyway, bad. Hey, we thank hey, y'all. Thank y'all. Keep liking and sharing if you will. Oh, I got to do it again because we got so such a positive. And I forgot this yesterday, y'all. Um, we... I challenge y'all to go out and leave Real Life Real Crime Daily a review. Screenshot your review and post it in any of our social media. And by the end of July, we'll let it run a little bit. We're going to draw three winners now because we're having such a positive response. Three winners. Three. We're, we're going to send y'all some swag. Um, we appreciate y'all leaving the reviews. It helps the show. I don't all, have any swag. All uh, Well, that's your fault. And in. We'll get you some swag, Mike. I don't that, want the cock that, ring, Jim. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. But anyway, doing the y'all keep ring. doing that. And I mean, we got like I don't know, fifteen or, or twenty in, in two days. That, uh, uh, but over the time, every time I mention it, we get another fifteen or twenty. So yeah. it, it helps us, and it, it shows that y'all are listening, and and uh, y'all you know get the. Blow on my aggo a lot because he sucks, and I'm just teasing. And, uh, but but anyway, thanks for doing that. I love y'all. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, real, real quick, Wesley Dale Morgan and Miss Barbara Blunt call in the tip line. It's in all our social media. Uh, overwhelming responses, and keep it coming. You never know what's going to happen. And last thing, Bloody Angola. Yes, Bloody Angola. Part three of uh, our okay. series with Burl Kane. Absolutely. Dropped today. Check it out. Wow. Right. Probably Fire. the best series we've ever done. Yeah. And we've done some good ones. So right. check that best out. Best numbers. Yeah. Yep. And they're definitely about best it. numbers growing. And, and check it out. Love y'all. Absolutely. Any last thoughts, Michael? You're going to miss everybody? He's going to be traveling. I'm working on a new segment. He's He's going to be traveling with Black Talon, the Bulletproof. What's the new segment? 
The new segment is the uh, how he gets abused. The things I'm not allowed to report. I knew that when you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Things I'm not allowed to. Well, that would defeat the whole point of the because if you if you had it as a segment, you'd be reporting it. No, no, no. It's the things I'm not allowed to report. Report where I will will briefly summarize the things I'm not allowed to report, but I won't actually report. And then he's going to say, I want you fans coming out there in support of me and try to sway us. That would make for some Mike, interesting. If Aga is nothing else, he's persistent. Yeah. Oh, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah he is Look, totally persistent. It's like just a pinball on yeah. a piece of hot dog or You're something. There's always a way. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. That'd be a heck of a music. We'd have to think of an intro for that segment hey you know what we gotta be do awesome. uh, Halen. They getting a lot of requests for and i will look some up for the next couple shows is um they stole what they stole what i've got some yeah, i've got some yeah. in the tank as they say right. in the can in, in the hole in, <laughs> in the bullpen there you go so until next time i'm jim chapman and i'm woody everton <laughs> and mike's trying to look some shit up no i know what music we want for our next all right i'm just looking up the music don't do it. I know what you're going to play already. You don't I, know what I'm going to oh play. Yeah. He's going to play oh some yeah. role music. You're going to play the music that Trump plays every time he comes out. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he comes out to a song. He was getting yeah. sued. Uh, the original. He was doing the Springsteen, it, Born in the USA. He was doing that for a while until somebody finally a, told him that was an anti-American song. Yeah, which and it then is. he was doing, a. it was like, it wasn't the OJs, but it was. It was uh, some. It was a black group, um, not the Temptations, but it was something. I had to think of it. Right, but that guy's suing him now. Now look, yeah. the hottest yeah. up and coming artist on the charts, Sexy Red. Sexy Red and her new song Pound Town. And you get permission for that. I ain't heard that. <laughs> Pound Town. It's huh? the fucking worst thing you've ever heard in your life. And I'm Mike Agavino. Your host of Real Life or a Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Show business.